on wood. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. We're starting off three strong today with myself, John, as well as Matt and Peter, hoping to be joined later by Tyler Press. Uh, it is early, however, in Germany, and he's just waking up uh, to a wonderful Wednesday or was Tuesday morning. Today on the podcast, we've got Week 15 recap. We've got Week 16 Preds, same old, same old league leaders, fantasy review, all the good stuff. Boys, we have made it. Final week of the CFL regular season. Many thought we would never be here, but we are. How does it feel? Wonderful. Feels really, really good. Feels great. It feels. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I agree. It feels great. I'm. I'm. So happy that somehow made it. Had I, you know, when the Elks had their COVID blow up, which they're now going to rectify here this week 16, I thought you know it was the first of many, but that was really it. They had one bad COVID episode the whole season. That's pretty lucky, <laughs> and God. we can hang our hat on that. That's pretty solid, honestly. That, like, considering all these other sports teams that are having week in and week out pretty bad action. I mean, as we speak, the Ottawa Senators, I think, are, like, suspending all play for a week. Um, hmm. But, you know, the CFL... NHL actually, guys aren't vaccinated? I don't... Well, it does give credence this is not to a vaccination that COVID issue. is fake. This, yes, of course. That was going to be my next point. There is a symbolic, uh, widespread uh, positive testing early yes. in the season. Get it out of the way. Oh, yeah, we're... <laughs> Testing for COVID. We yeah. found a bunch of COVID guys. And <laughs> yes. then you just move on. Yes. Um, so anyway, uh, week 15 uh, was certainly one to remember. We had a couple big ma- matchups to start the week and then uh, finished it off with um, some good action all around. I would say this was one of the more uh, complete weeks of action and more entertaining weeks of the season, which if that is... Um, foreshadowing what's to come in the playoffs, I'd be pretty happy about that. Almost saw the Elks get a win, man. Almost saw the Elks get a win. Anything can happen. (laughs) And anything will happen. We'll get to that later, though. Um, But anyway, let's kick her off with a Week 15 review, starting with uh, what was billed billed by many as the game of the year. Uh, but unfortunately, the Toronto Argonauts absolutely embarrassed the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, by a score of 31-12 to 12 this past Friday night in Toronto. Uh, the story of the game, really, the dominance of the Argos D, and then the absolute shocker of a game uh, for Jeremiah Masoli. Masoli was 22-40 of 40 for 326 yards, two interceptions. Um, those stats, as bad as they are, are actually like positively skewed in Masoli's favor due to some garbage time minutes or uh, garbage time yards picked up. Um, the Argos defense led the day. Uh, they only sacked Masoli twice, but they pressured him constantly, intercepted him twice, including a uh, pick six in the fourth quarter to really drive the dagger into the Tiger Cats. Cloud Bethel Thompson was solid, 26-34 for 250 yards and a TD. Uh, he did throw one interception, but in the end, it didn't really matter. Uh, also, Curly Gittens Jr. for the uh, Argos continues to prove himself as a legit starter in the CFL. 
He had seven receptions for 72 yards and one major. Uh, really weird game to start. Uh, it started out with Masoli throwing, I don't know, like 10 bombs that were all incomplete. Um, and you're just wondering what the hell is going on here. Uh, and it just continued throughout the night where the Ticats, uh, for the first time, after three really solid games against subpar CFL competition, noted. Uh, but they were on quite a roll, <laughs> and then they just absolutely stunk it up. It was horrible. It was just miserable performance by the Ticats offense. And the Argos feasted, took advantage. Um, it really wasn't that competitive game, or wasn't a competitive game in, at all in the end. Um, Toronto clinches first in the East, so they get a bye, plus the Eastern final is going to be um, at BMO Field in Toronto. Uh, guys, what are your takeaways from this one? Masoli, well, <laughs> Masoli looked like he was, like his shoes were filled with concrete. He was moving so slowly outside of the pocket. So weird. Like he was actually just sauntering out there. Uh, never picked up his knees above his waist. Like he just, it was like so he was right. always walking. It yes. was so weird. And so, okay, but it was weird because I have been gaslit by Ticats <laughs> fans who have told me that Masoli just sucks and has never been good and he's been playing poorly all season. <laughs> that is simply not true. I'm no, sorry. No, we've I, seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. Okay. I don't care what you say. He is a good player. <laughs> And he's been playing well. And yes, against not the best competition. But even in his the two losses in his last five games against Montreal and uh, Toronto, um, before the three-game win, st- win streak that the Ticats had, he played well in those games. So he's been playing well. I know it's true. Uh, which yes. made Friday so shocking that he was so off and just couldn't find the timing. It was really, it was so odd. It was so odd. The Ticats just dominated. I think, we're, I, yeah, we're just waiting for Masoli to show some sort of consistency, and it's never going to come. Well, no, that's, not a, that's a ridiculous statement. It I mean, came. Just, it was there for five games. He was consistent. And then he just falls off. He always, yeah. he just, he gets that loose arm, and he just throws right. it everywhere. And he's, yes. ugh. So, going forward... The Argos, I, I don't want to bury uh, them here because they are the ones who won the game. Uh, but the question for me is, is it Dane Evans' time in Hamilton? Is he going to be handed the reins for this final regular season game against Saskatchewan and then possibly in the playoffs? I think, so a few reasons. One, they were in an open quarterback competition to begin the year. Jeremiah Masoli won. Dane Evans has only played three games this season. He has not played he has not played starters minutes since week six of the CFL season. I think if they were going to make a change or they were still interested in seeing what Evans had, they would have played him at some point already. It seems now I'm, as I'm saying this, I know now that Evans will start this week, but it <laughs> seems like they're committed to Masoli. At least that's my interpretation of it. How, what do you guys see the quarterback situation in Hamilton playing out as as they head into the playoffs? Uh, I would think that they're – well, so let me step step back and, and say that 
Dane Evans is 59 for 91. So 65%. He is much less of a liability. You know, five TDs to one interception. Um, but those true? are all... Yeah, so it's... Um, you know, in the same oh, and way... he led them to a Grey Cup in 2019. So you know, you don't you, you aren't worried that the moment's going to be too big for him. Uh, he's played in big moments before. Um, led them to but, a Grey Cup game. Yes, he led them to a Grey Cup game. And truthfully, he's okay, only, I he's, like, he's, was, I had to he's one and one in the playoffs because they had the bye last year. <laughs> so he, he is um, only he he has only does only have one playoff win, but it was still an impressive one over uh, Edmonton, but. I don't. I I think they're going to stick with Masoli. Um, that's what I feel like. Especially I feel with like this they game, are. It's, that's what my gut tells me. If they if they don't, if they don't, then I don't know what the hell they were doing in this game, not pulling him. Because yeah, this was absolutely. still a game into the fourth quarter. Yes. So that's what. If they decide to go Evans now, I have serious questions about what they were doing in this game. Hundred percent. But Pete, thoughts? Hundred P. No, I'm with you. Hunt and P. And then as far as the Argos, um they just they just win. They are they, they are, are this was, this was they a, are. Good, a, a good proving ground for the Argos defense, which yes. did play well. Yes. Uh MBT played well. Yes. But, but going up play, go I think in into... defense <laughs> No, Matt, go, go. ahead. Well, just going, I, I I think obviously they're going to have a, whoever comes out of the Hamilton-Montreal game, yep. Toronto will be well matched with, particularly if it does happen to be Hamilton. Um, I think that Montreal's defense is going to give Toronto a bigger challenge, but um, I would be quaking if I was an Argonauts fan thinking of, any of the three teams I might come up against in a potential Grey Cup, yes, and that doesn't and that doesn't even account for you know that uh, Eastern Conference final. Yes, Toronto's Toronto's defense I think's been there all season. Their offense has just been so inefficient, and obviously we saw in this game, you know, played well, and they it just it just depends on. If MBT can get it done, and it's, they're they're gonna they're gonna go as far as their offense can take them. Well, but. I think what's interesting is that there are so many teams this year in the CFL. I think this is due to the pandemic and offensive time and being thrown off that I could say, as long as their quarterback doesn't make a mistake, their defense is, or make too many mistakes, their defense is good enough to win them games. Right. Sketch, Winnipeg, Montreal, Toronto, uh, Calgary, all teams that as long as their QB doesn't put them in bad situations, I think can win on any given day. MBT was, he towed the line, but I think he was on the correct side of not making too many mistakes. Obviously, they got the win. But he just can't have those two, three interception games. If he just keeps the ball rolling, um, you know, which it's, that's like, yeah, that can be said for a lot of these teams, which is really interesting. I'm not sure there's – what's odd is I think that, yeah, I would say maybe like Hamilton is one of the – like the one team that sticks out to me that needs their QB play to be above and beyond for them to get the dub this year. But anyway, we'll talk more about that going forward. Matt, 
tell us how the BC Lions season ended. Oh, well, uh, they were looking to keep, yeah, this was the uh, the last chance to keep their hopes alive. Wouldn't lock in a playoff spot as they needed a lot of help uh, looking into week 15. Um, and they started out uh, coming out hot, some uh, solid plays on their first drive, but had to settle for a field goal. Um, and then it kind of turned over the stamps. Not that BC ever looked out of it, um, but... The stamps looked really good, and uh, particularly the returning Reggie Bagleton uh, took no time making a mark, grabbing a 38-yard yes. catch on the stamps' first offensive play. Uh, throughout the throughout that first half, um, he had a touchdown and a couple other big plays, including a 21-yard run. Uh, that, that first half ended um, on a Rene Paredes field goal, 16 to 13, and the, like I said, the stamps. Or sorry, the the Lions played well here, moving the ball, got two field goals, um, and then a uh, a touchdown. Uh, sidebar here. So the Lions scored that touchdown on a Nathan Rourke sneak, which was set up by one of the weakest pass interference calls I've ever seen. <laughs> on Brian Burnham, did you guys see this one? Yes. Like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe not only I. I mean, I believe it, that it wasn't called live. But for someone to look at the tape in slow motion and say, oh, yeah, the reason he didn't catch that was, like, the defensive player pushing him is insane to me. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Hey, listen, when you can review these things, these you, you start <laughs> – I think they got to adopt the clear and obvious thing for penalties. If they have to look at the, you know, exact my, you know, Here's my triples, rule. Here's my super proposed rule. Yes. Every play must be reviewed – Except for placement, every play must be reviewed in real time, particularly pass interference. Uh, pass interference and um, uh, like late hits. Yes. If you can't tell a late hit in real time, if you have to go to 3x slow-mo to see, oh, he hit his hand one frame before the ball <laughs> did, not gonna, not then. That's a great take. That's Thank a great you. take. Stamps came out uh, roaring the second half, uh, quickly got in the end zone uh, with a Kadeem Carey touchdown. He ended the game with 85 yards on 15 carries. Um, yep. But BC kept pushing, um, pulled into three, pulled within three, uh, field goal and a Javon Katoy TD. Uh, Katoy had a great game, I think probably his best of the season, 70 yards on six receptions. And, uh, you know, so right now, at this point in the game. Definitely Dom Rhymes' best game of the season, I would say. Absolutely, well. yeah. Two, yeah. two really solid outings for them. Yeah, so this is a good one. And BC's now in striking distance. It's 26 to 23. Uh, they're starting to put Lucky Whitehead um, in the uh, kick return and putt return and field goal return slot. Um, and he takes a punt return back to the house, uh, but that's called back on two separate Lions uh, penalties. By the same and player. <laughs> On the same play, on the two penalties on the same player. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think that's hilarious. All right, he's just my dude. There, he's just out there holding somebody, and then yeah. and like I think I'm gonna throw a blindside block. Blindside. Yeah, nice. I nice. know, my dude. That's so tough. <laughs> um, and then Calgary sealed the deal on the next possession, made it uh, 33-23. So besides uh, Bagleton and Carey, Kamar Jordan had 71 yards. Bo Levi in a, a very, very solid game, yep. um, if not maybe too flashy. Uh, 
26, 20 for 26, 264 yards and three TDs. Like, I, I think we've hit the formula, right? Teams that win have a quarterback with a high uh, completion percentage on a low number of tosses and a running back they can trust. That's what Peg is doing. That's what Montreal is doing. That's what the Stamps are doing. Winnipeg, yeah, um, yep. So... Uh, the other side of the ball, uh, Michael Riley had a great statistical game. Very Truly good went for, him. for it. What a performance <laughs> for when your season's on the line. Yeah, thirty for thirty-seven, thirty yard, three hundred forty yards, and a TD. Uh, like Johnny said, uh, Dom Rhymes led the BC receivers, hundred and eleven yards, and then you know BC kind of did a, a very similar thing. I'm surprised, and this just comes down to something that they've struggled with all year is getting it done in the end zone. Because James Butler, 89 yards on 11 carries. So stamps look really, really good on both sides of the ball. BC had a solid game as well. But ultimately, uh, had a couple fumbles that uh, came on poor pass protection. um, And Riley got crunched a lot, especially on that that one fumble. Um, Unfortunate end to his season. Unless it gets really embarrassing next week, I don't think we'll be seeing him as Nathan Rourke getting the start so yes what do you guys think of the, the bc calgary game be shaking in my boots if i was saskatchewan this calgary team looks really good all right let's go back to the power rankings for october <laughs> who yes. had the stamps over the cal over not boilo the riders only me i you're saw right. it coming Thank no you're you. right um my takeaway is yeah i mean you touched on it what uh, exceptionally well coached and even performance by the Calgary Stampeders. Perfect game plan. Feed the ball to carry. Um, I mean, Reggie Bagleton being back. It doesn't help lineup. having like an NFL caliber receiver back on the squad. Yeah, that's pretty pretty dang solid. I think, and I think uh, you know he he was knocked unconscious at the end of the game, had his head slammed on the turf, but I think he's going to be okay. Um, and at this point, they have a week to rest, really, because they know they're going to be playing um, in Regina for the Western semis. First, take a t- like how how hilarious is it that it took them what is it f- uh, thirteen games for BC to actually like get a running game going? James Butler had an exceptional game. Yes, like eight point one yards per carry, um, and really just great performances. Uh, but I think Mike Riley, he said it talking about how they were stopped one yard short uh, on their final drive trying to get a score in to make it a one-score game that, you know, they were just just almost there, but good effort, but yeah. not quite enough. Mm-hmm. This entire game, like, great efforts by the um, BC offense. Mike Riley, yeah. that's an exceptional game, uh, as you noted. Uh, so I feel sorry for those guys to go out like this Um Two seasons in a row now that BC has missed the playoffs. Those are the two seasons since signing Michael Riley. Um, that's got to be a serious disappointment. So I'm sure a lot of change to come for them and kind of jumpstart the uh, franchise back up. But Calgary, who really looked down in the dumps at a lot of times, had that rough patch with Bo Levi Mitchell. They are looking primed for a solid, solid uh uh, game against Sketch, and then we'll see whoever comes out of that one if they can give uh, Peg any issues. You betcha. Peter? I got nothing else to add. No, we've said it all. All right. Well, 
Let's see. Tyler, what do you got for... Um... Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler is still sleeping. So Listen, I would not be up at 6 in the morning to record a no, podcast. No, but when you commit so... to something, you show up. <laughs> <laughs> so we will all join in on what was kind of an odd, simply because Winnipeg was starting the vulture, Sean McGuire. So Winnipeg certainly did not give up. Uh, they played a lot of their other starters. I mean, the vast majority of them. Uh, but they did rest a few key players. Jackson Jeffcoat, obviously Zach Caleros. Um, and Montreal had something to play for. And so, for only the second time this year, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers go down. And they give up 11 fourth quarter points to the Montreal Alouettes. As T. Harris has an incredibly efficient 18 for 25 only 144 yards, but three touchdowns, uh, two of those to our friend of the pod, Gino Lewis, who had six grabs for 51 yards. Um, Quan Bray had two grabs for 41 yards. Um, Jake Winicky, we are so sorry what we've done, done to you for this curse. <laughs> uh, but he did grab two receptions for 20 yards. Um, not, I mean, this is not the biggest deal in the world, but it certainly doesn't look like Sean McGuire would be able to uh, operate in a full-time starter role as of yet. He was quite horrid, understandably. He was 11 for 26, 149 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions. Um, so while Harris's yardage was low and Willie Stanback's yardage was low, they didn't have very far to go in order to score the ball. Um, which, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing some quick... You can't. You can't Stats really right here. About, Hold on. <laughs> you can't really complain about field um, position. We've got uh, the two interceptions set up drives starting from the Winnipeg fifteen, yep. the Winnipeg fifty, the Winnipeg twenty-one, and the Montreal fifty-one. Yeah. So, so pretty pretty solid. <laughs> not uh, bad. That's not, not bad. I've seen a lot worse. Let's take a moment to do something we don't love to do, but let's pat ourselves on the back. Um, for talking about Montreal using the 2019 Bombers Caleros <laughs> we really game plan. Know. We saw it coming. And it's true. Bringing a veteran quarterback who is going to understand his role, which Trevor Harris did in this game, uh, they didn't even need to rely on standback as much as I think they will need to in order to uh, have, have a big type of uh, push in the playoffs. But... Pretty dang solid performance by the Owls, especially getting over that hump and getting over that wall that Winnipeg has put up in front of the fourth quarter. Getting those 11 points, hats off to them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Win against Any win against Winnipeg counts. Yeah, um, yeah and they keep themselves in play for a home playoff game. No, totally. I think uh, no, Montreal should absolutely hold their heads as high as they possibly can after this one. I think yeah. going against... Winnipeg's backups, starters, it's it's the same best team in the CFL. Best team in the CFL by a wide margin. So, right. Yep, agreed. Matt takes? Uh, not too instructive of a game, uh, especially for Winnipeg. Um, yes. It'll be – I'm really excited to see a full-strength Winnipeg team potentially against a, a full-strength Montreal team. Um, you have been talking about that. I, I mentioned it. <laughs> and it looks, it, uh, it looks more and more true every day. So, uh, yeah, I just I think this is a solid game for T. Harris. Um, they they have another uh, confidence booster against 
the red blacks coming up. So yep. uh, that'll be good rolling into the, uh, you know, they, they really can hold their, well, we'll talk about it, but they, they hold their destiny in their hands, can yep. beat a struggling red blacks team and just hope that the uh, riders can clean up Hamilton. But this game was just a, a solid effort on both sides and good job to the Alouettes. Yeah. I mean, nothing more to say. This was, they, they, they are the, you know, the cards were in their favor uh, with Winnipeg resting people and they didn't drop the ball. So that's what you got to do. Trevor Harris is uh, look looking great going into the playoffs. Yeah, that was a great performance by T. Harris. Uh, I like, what, nothing I like what you guys said about the Calaris role. It's, it's just get it done. If, if your quarterback does not throw interceptions, you will win in the CFL. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And true uh, in most football. But and tr- yes. Um, Peter. Yes, sir. Talk to us. Last game uh-huh. of the week. Oh, you're ready. Go. go. We had Skatch defeat the Edmonton Elks 29-24 to clinch home field at Mosaic for that semifinal game. Um, Theme for the Elks this game, obviously they were uh, physically and uh, prepared for this game. Not so much emotionally, I would say. Um, Penalties definitely uh, plaguing them throughout this game. Um, But obviously Skatch in classic Skatch fashion going to get it done. Cody Fajardo, 23 for 32, 245 yards, three TDs, and a pick. And I'd be lying if I say it wasn't a great play by DeFeast Lion. Uh, you know, jump, completely jumped to Fajardo pass um, in the first half. Uh, Duke Williams, John, John, John's boy. I predicted he would blow up. Huge game. Not that, that big of a prediction. He's a great player, but I knew it would happen eventually. <laughs> Huge game. I mean, and he, he went unguarded in his uh, singular touchdown of the night. Uh, eight receptions for 146 yards. Uh, I think teams are going to definitely look to lock him up uh, come sure? playoff time. I mean, that I I would could be a top I, five receiver in the CFL. I if will he, if he's also small. like if you're looking. I as we're on the subject, it's a bit of free advice. You're looking at the uh, targets for Fajardo. So he targeted Duke Williams 12 times. He right. targeted the next four receivers 12 times. That's a lot of looks uh, to my boy. Re, redo that math. 16 times. The next three receivers. Ne- next times. next three receivers 12 times. The next four <laughs> receivers 16 times. There we go. Um, no, but yes. Uh, John's battle against the stat sheet continues. Dude, it's so hard. No, but Duke, Duke Williams <laughs> obviously showing out, uh, getting some high praise from his quarterback after the game. Um, on the other side of the ball, Edmonton, we had Taylor Cornelius going 20 for 30, 224 yards, three TDs to his own name, uh, and interception there right at the end of the game, sort of a dying quail to, uh, it sort of speaks volume about Edmonton season. But, uh, I think after this game, you know, they established a solid, uh, run game with Walter Fletcher, 88 yards on 20 attempts, uh, 136 all purpose yards, um, and obviously Jalen Tolliver, great game, uh, had two touchdowns. Um, and so I think Edmonton can, um, going into the future, obviously, you know, Arbuckle's around, yes. but Cornelius played great. Um, but for the team that is going into the playoffs, yeah. the, I am so back and forth between Sketch because I think, oh, yep, Fajardo's getting it done getting the win they're good they the defense steps up when needs to obviously ac leonard and that d line making big plays um when needed 
Um, but, I mean, Powell's ground game is just not there. It's diminished for sure. Uh, and Fajardo, I mean, it's I, I, I'm waiting for him to mess up. And <laughs> honestly, if... It's not a lot of faith. No. And the the defense is always there for Scatch, but I, against an Elks team, granted, the Elks played great, but they're playing for nothing, and they won by five against me, the, uh, not the worst team. Obviously, Ottawa holds that, and we'll give that crown to them. But That's debatable. Edmonton is, is down, in, obviously, so down in the dumps, and a Scatch team that host, hosting a semifinal yes. just can't, get it done in some sort of impressive fashion is really concerning, I think, going uh, into a game against Calgary at Mosaic. So, obviously, huge advantage. Magic Mosaic. They got it done nonetheless, though. <laughs> but they get it done, and it's it's just abs- it's it's so absurd. Uh, shout out to Alexander Dupuis. Alexander, <laughs> Alexander Dupuis. You are a francophobe. Do you know Joel and Nikki? <laughs> Alexander. What should I say? Say it. Sorry. <laughs> Apologize to the man. Francophobe. Francophone. Francophone. Oh, no, I said francophobe. francophobe. Yeah, he did. Peter, Peter is a francophobe. Oh, because okay, I said okay. Dupuis? <laughs> no, because you said Alexander Dupuis. Okay. What I should I say? Called... Alexandre. Ah. It's a French, well, he did a score his first touchdown in the CFL. So. Somebody who's grown up having people mispronounce their French Canadian name, I would hope you would get this right. <laughs> Alexandre Dupuis. Um, yes, no, but he scored his first touchdown, and uh, you know, I think Scatch has just got to obviously be more creative on the offensive end, offensive end, establish some sort of ground game because me personally, Peter, is yes. I'm not trusting. Fajardo against a hot Calgary team. Well, so, and I would say, like, Calgary is always, or, sorry, uh, Scatch is always has something so odd when you look at the stats after the game. To, this time, it's that um, targets chart with Duke Williams getting three times as many targets as the next player. That That just, like... You know, he has 146 yards. The next highest player is William Powell with 36 yards. And then two weeks ago, it was Shaq Evans had only six receptions on 12 targets. There's just, you look at the numbers and you go, what the hell is going on here? There's something not right with what they're doing. And they keep winning, but it always is in the most roundabout, inefficient way of getting things done. It was, they were just completely bailed out each time by Edmonton just they love throwing people to the ground yeah obviously strategy. uh yeah can't can't do Shout, that shouts Taylor Cornelius though who obviously I think would be I would say he was set up to be a lame duck quarterback heading into next year they trade for Nick Arbuckle they sign Nick Arbuckle to an extension and then Cornelius just comes out and puts together three pretty good games in a row absolutely um, so that's pretty impressive way to answer and he's still the starter heading into um their first game of week 16 against toronto so shouts to him yeah and i think i mean obviously i mean yeah any any offense that can put up 24 against a boring sketch team 
now that Tyler's not here, I can. I love really. this. I love this. Matt, do you have any thoughts? You know, this was, I would say, we asked Sketch to score over 25, and they did. Um, but this was, I would say, another just odd, weird performance from them. Um, but just keep getting it done. Does the has the getting it done for me? Them getting it done has not won me over at all. Like I don't look at them getting it done and say, "Wow, that's a team I trust to do that in the playoffs." Has it won you over? I don't know because uh, we've been talking about them doing this. I think that all it's consistent. They win. They yeah, win. They but win. I'm not. I'm not. You know, it's. I'm just not sold on them winning. I don't. In terms of long-term success, I have no trust that they can do that three games in a row and win a Grey Cup. No, absolutely. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. Yeah, I mean, Duke, the Duke Williams addition is significant. Great. Um, I, I just this is Cody Fajardo's best game in like the second half of the season. I think that's true. And it, he was 23 for 32, 245 yards. Um, got into the end zone. Um, but this is this is Edmonton, unfortunately. Like, I hate, I hate to say that this is Edmonton, but this is Edmonton. No, it and... is. No, that's totally fair. <laughs> if, this was, if you put in this performance against Ottawa, you would be panned. And you would say, that is not a performance you want to see against yeah. one of the worst so teams like, in the One thing that they're not going to get against these stronger teams is the field position. Like yeah. there's no way that uh, Cody Fajardo can put in um, 267 all purpose yards and get three touchdowns because he's going to be starting most of his drives against Winnipeg and even Calgary, Montreal, like any of these teams, he's going to be starting most of his drives deep into his own territory. So you would think like, yeah, I mean, that's my assumption. Yes. You know, as opposed to where they can, you know, stick, uh, Edmonton deep, um, but yeah, it's just there's just not enough movement when they've got to go the length of the field. Yeah, no, I agree. So they have a week to rest. They don't need to. They've secured their semifinal spot uh, for a home game. They have a week to rest. So I don't think you know. I don't think this is going to be. We're going to be able to glean anything from week sixteen. So this is, I think, our last look at a fully powered Scatch team until the playoffs. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm not sure what, how I feel about that. But with that being said, I have no final notes on the week that was week four or week 15. Um, it's starting to get a weird time of the season where you've got only a couple teams uh, with games that matter. Uh, that's going to be Montreal and Hamilton. So you've got three kind of lame duck games. Um, that's the second time I've used that phrase in the last five minutes, so that's interesting. How lame are the Ducks? Incredible. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'll talk. Let's go over league leaders first, and then we'll move on to Week 16 predictions, uh, unless anybody has anything to say about Week 15. I like Montreal. I, I, I'm much more fond of Montreal this week than I was in the past. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah, that was a very solid performance by them. I would say they are the winners of Week 15. Mm, yes, indeed. Well, Toronto. Toronto, yes. Sykes, Toronto secured first. Anyway. I don't like to give uh, them much credit. We have a new passing yard leader uh, because Zach Caleros um, decided to call it 
uh, and sit out the last two weeks because he doesn't care about anything like this. He's just a winner. Uh, Michael Riley, 3,283 yards. Uh, we've got the same rushing yards leader, Willie Stanback, 1,131 yards. Um, and we've got Kenny Lawler still outpacing Eugene Lewis for the receiving yards lead. Both of them closing in on 1,000 yards for the season. Lawler with 973, Geno Lewis with 964. Geno Lewis has moved in to a tie for first in receiving touchdowns as well um, with his teammate Jake Winicky with nine. So I think, I think this is shaping up. I know we have kind of, it's been kind of, you know, just keep track with this receiving yards thing, but I do want to say going into the final week, if we're predicting who's going to end the regular season as the lead in these categories, I would say for passing yards, I think it's going to be Mike Riley. I think for rushing yards, it'll be stand back. I think Geno Lewis leapfrogs Lawler and ends the season with the most receiving. Uh, uh, I, I don't. I don't think that Michael Riley calls right at all. Well, I'll tell you why. Because right. Cody Fajardo. Cody Fajardo. Why Fajardo's going to sit? Is he? Yeah. Why would he play? I don't know to get the passing yards title. <laughs> He, he would still have to – okay, for him to do that, he would have to nearly throw for 300 yards, and I know he's not going to do that. That's a layoff. That's a guarantee. So I think Michael Riley's going to get the lead. But anyway, let's move on to Week 16 oh, He's also second in passing TDs. He only needs to grab seven. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, I think uh, we'll obviously do our end-of-the-season awards predictions next week. Uh, but MOP is certainly locked up at this point, I would think. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so, guys, let's talk the final week of the CFL season. We got a five-game week due, the, due to the Edmonton Elks double-dipping. Um, and they kick off their week uh, in Toronto. Toronto is resting almost everyone. Um, but we are, that does mean we're going to get our first look at Josh Huff in an Argos uniform, which I think is going to be something we'll see all playoffs long. Um, Argos are playing for a Grey Cup, which means they're chilling right now. These Esks players are playing for a spot on the 2022 roster. Sorry, not, I, I, I meant, I meant Elks. <laughs> the Elks are going to win. Edmonton beats Toronto in Week 16. You're, you're sticking with the uh, with the who's got something to play for. Who's got well, but yeah, who's got something to play for? I think the Elks have Elks put together a good performance these past couple weeks. They're yes. used to their their season's been over for three weeks, so they're at peace with it now, and they're just they're now putting in good performances. So I think the Elks win. Matt. Oh God. I think that Toronto is going to win the game. Okay. But Elks will win our hearts. <laughs> uh, I think that... I just I just think that Toronto is going to win. I got a feeling, and I, I do think that this is... Um, I don't think that Toronto is going to take it as easy as, as you do. I think they're okay. going to come out swinging on this one. Um, well, I, that is the thing. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Well, I just think there's a lot of the 
the top guys, you know, yes. the, the key players are going to be resting. Um, but I think the defense is, is still going to come out swinging. Um, and uh, that I th- is I think the great t- thing about football is that you can never, you are playing different players, but you're never resting. Right. You know, <laughs> it's not a sport where you can pull up. So, no, they certainly yeah. will be going hard, which, like I said, like I'm excited to see Josh, Josh Huff uh, get some run. Uh, but, you know, they're not playing. Judge is back in the lineup, so that'll be interesting to see him at linebacker. But they're not playing Mwamba. Um, they're not starting um, Sean Oakman. They're switching up things with their DBs. So they're, they're changing a lot, around, a, a lot of things around. I think Edmonton gets the dub here. Um, let's move on. Ottawa at Montreal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Peter's got a pick. Oh, shit. That's my bad. Go ahead, Pete. I will be picking the Elks. Yes! <laughs> Did we get Tyler's yes. on this one? I, uh, I think... I mean, I, I was impressed um, with their performance against Gash this past week. Um, yeah. I mean... Hell, maybe Cornelius works his way way in, but I'm obviously probably he not. He secured but... himself a training camp spot for sure. Right. I would. Uh, I'd be interested to see if any if he can put some games together, man. I'd be interested to see if one of the teams, um, who's who's struggling at the position, would pick him up. I mean, uh, obviously he's found some connection with Jalen Tolliver. I'll tell you, a team that's struggling at the position is the Edmonton Elks. So I think they're going to keep him. Well, they got Arbuckle. Oh, yeah. A guy who hasn't been able to supplant Taylor Cornelius. Interesting. Just saying. I think I think the Elks will get Do it done. Do you think they wouldn't play Arbuckle if... Right, continue. Just get, Let's go to the next game. I'm just saying I find it odd that he hasn't played yet. They, they signed him and put their faith in him, and they're just going to go into next year. They signed him, and they're not going to see what he looks like. They know what he looks like. They got his picture right on the website. Okay. All right. Matt, kick us off. Ottawa, (laughs) Montreal. What you got? Montreal is going to kick some butt. Because they got steaks. They got steaks. Fried tips, baby. Easy. And. Yep. Yep. If only. Rump roast. If only this was a college football playoff, this would be the perfect game to set up a statement win. Uh, obviously, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I think Montreal is going to have a lot of fun. Yes. And I'm going to have a lot of fun with them. Agreed. Ottawa is going to lose again. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, Montreal's going to, um, I think as Matt said, whoop ass. Um, and I said butt, so. Well, I said ass. <laughs> and Montreal is going to kick that ass. Yeah, agreed. This is Montreal all the way. Um, they've got stakes, and Ottawa is the worst team in the CFL. So I think they get the job done. Uh, BC's or Edmonton's second game of the, of the week. Now they have to fly across the country and play at BC on Friday, Peter. This one um, is interesting. Obviously, uh, <laughs> O'Rourke starting for BC. Well, he's not. His name's not Nathan O'Rourke. It's Nathan Rourke. O'Rourke, sorry, sorry, sorry. My mistake. We don't, guys. We don't. It's fine. I don't know how Just many times we corrected you on that. Yeah, you guys have corrected me quite a bit on that. Okay, it's all right though. Him rather than Riley. Um, 
I think, persuades me to again pick the Edmonton Elks. Yes, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> this is an Edmonton twofer. I think Edmonton is going to get it done uh, twice this week. Yep. Um, I And I think they go into the offseason with much more optimism. A two-game win streak. <laughs> Yeah, I no, agree with both of you, but for a different reason in that I think this is going to be Edmonton's last chance to get a win oh. um, and uh, and break the tie with Ottawa. So <laughs> okay, I think Edmonton will win as well. In our second somewhat interesting game of the season of the week, <laughs> you have Sketch <laughs> at Hamilton. Freudian slip. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Um, you have Sketch at Hamilton. Um, now, assuming Montreal wins, Hamilton will need to win in order to get second in the East. They will thus do so. So I pick the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Stakes. Stakes. Matt. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. Unfortunately, although I don't know, I kind of. Hey. I think Hamilton will win this one. Yeah, stakes. Although, I, although have we not? Yeah, I mean, I guess I reserve my right to change this based on um, Sketch's depth chart. But if what you guys say is true, that they're going to rest, and Hamilton's playing for stakes, yes, then yeah, Hamilton will take this Why one. would Sketch not rest? I don't know. Like the, That would be, the, that would be that would so be weird. ridiculous. That would be weird. <laughs> That would be ridiculous. I'm 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 with you guys for the same reason. They've they've got stakes. They've got stakes. Uh and then I think but should be interesting as far as we will find out later this week if we are seeing Masoli or Dane Evans. Regardless of who starts the game. I you know, I don't know. That's I was gonna say you would think you probably see both of them at some point. But both uh, of I who? think sorry. Both of Evans and Masoli. Oh, but, sorry. I you know, I, I think that they were talking about it at halftime of the game against Toronto, and they were like, if you bring Evans in and he plays poorly, what, do you go right back to Masoli after you've just given him the hook? So I, it is I, such I, a I totally agree. I think if you make the switch, you have to say, this is my quarterback yeah. through the playoffs. Well, that's why – that's like – yeah. Again, that's why I think I – I know I'm wrong because I'm taking this stance and I've been had a bad track record this year, but I feel like Masoli's the guy. It has to be Masoli. You're, you're in too deep with him. Would have to, I would have to agree. I think he's just, he's got better. I think, um, camaraderie with the, um, or not, but just better connections with the wideouts. A better rapport is what you're looking for. Yeah. Rapport. Indeed. Matt. Finish us off with a double resting game. Two playoff teams playing each other. This what? is Im- yeah. impossible. Im- impossible. To pred. <laughs> impossible. <laughs> I am going to go with Calgary mm-hmm. because I believe they have the better place kicker. Oh, I think... okay. I thought you were going to have the same pick as pred and reason as me. Okay. Okay, place kicker. That's as good a reason as any, though, for this one. I think I think they're going to struggle in the red zone and kick a lot of field goals, and Paredes is going to make the most of them. Okay. 
Peter, what say you? I have Calgary written down. Is? And I'm going to stick with them. Okay. I, uh, I think Calgary wants to send, send some messages, maybe. Okay. I have Calgary because they have the better backup quarterback. Jake Mayer. Even that if they rest obvious, yeah. Bo Levi, he's he is somebody who can win them a game. So that is why I have the Calgary Stampeders winning this one. I'm with it. Which I think is a pretty solid reason, to be honest. It's a very good reason. You've done okay. it. Okay, I was so I was so hyped. I thought you were going there, Matt, and I was ready to sell you. <laughs> but yeah, this is no, a this is a, a tough tough week uh, to pick with. You know, resting teams with no stakes. I think if we're picking a game of the week, for me, it's probably Edmonton, BC. Because those are the only (laughs) matchup of teams with no stakes, which means they're really going to go after each other. They got nothing to lose. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think the Edmonton-Toronto game... It's clearly, though, the season ends as we predicted it would end, with Edmonton being the most important team. The games, yeah, the Edmonton (laughs) games are most important because they are just going to be desperate for a win. I think they're going to be great. I cannot wait. I guess they they really can't totally predict what's going to happen at the end of a season, but, you know, to have, and obviously this is a weird matchup, but... Am I right in thinking that the Friday and the Saturday games are the original games? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So, yes. well, I guess only one crossover interconference game. Yeah, with uh, Scatch Hamilton. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. It's just a. It's just a bummer that the last uh, week of the season has so many lame duck games, and it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. No, it is a bummer, but. I think that, uh, you know what, I'm just happy it's here. We're going to get playoff football. Uh, and I think the playoffs are shaping up to be incredibly competitive, um, certainly on the eastern side. And then that western semi, I mean, is anybody's guess. So there's a lot to be excited for going forward. And it may be the best thing for everybody involved if all those teams just reach their healthy. <laughs> yes, I agree. Uh, Matt? Before we sign off here, though, take us through some fantasy. Okay, well, the fantasy picture for Week 15 is pretty well locked. Um, so uh, in the last week, um, we had a really close matchup between the three players still in it. John, uh, 74.1, behind a huge uh, effort from Duke Williams, 28.6. I was right behind you there at 72.9. I had a much more even um, output for my guys, uh, but the one-two punch punch of Gina Lewis, Trevor Harris, twenty-three point one, seventeen point eight, and then for Tyler, uh, Cody Fajardo finally showed out for him, twenty-two points, and then mm-hmm. Kadeem Carey obviously uh, with his uh, huge game on the ground and a touchdown. He was behind me a little bit at sixty-nine point four. Peter way back there at forty-three point eight. So. I say it's pretty well. Picture's been locked up uh, as far as first place goes, barring catastrophe. I'm sitting up 
front at 1093.6 tyler 50 plus points behind me at 1040.7 but here's where it gets interesting john you are just 9.5 points behind him 1031 mojo rising i'm coming (laughs) if we look back at a you know couple weeks yes uh if you guys scored the same as week 14 john you would win week 13 john you would win week 12 tyler would win week 11 uh john you would win so going back for those yeah so historically John, you're looking good now. For I you, I don't know John, what I'm gonna. Guess, this lineup setting for, though is gonna be crazy though. <laughs> I guess, I guess for everybody, uh, but John in particular, since you're overrepresented in uh, Elks players. Do I get the uh, double you have dip? To decide. No. Ah. You have to decide. So when you when you set your lineup, just put in parentheses which game you want them for. Okay. Uh, John, not not to give you your advice, I'd do it for the BC Lion game. Well, no, because so my, it is my belief that so James Arthur Jr. is getting the start against Toronto. Correct. I think he is then going to sit, and Fletcher is going to get the start against BC. So I think I only have one shot with James Wilder Jr., which would be Toronto. Fletcher kind of balled out this weekend. Yeah, but he's not. He I don't even think he's suiting up against. Ah, uh, okay. Or certainly, you know, they're trying to rest people keep people healthy so james is going to get a a shot against toronto here um you know i i hope the thing i see happening is that i'm going to i'm going to start jeremiah masoli and then he is just simply not going to play and i will thus lose i have accepted (laughs) that as my reality and i'm at peace with it um but it would certainly suck a little bit Uh, but that's that's where i'm at right now so hopefully, if Jeremiah plays, Tim White plays, and STE plays, I think I have a good shot, considering everybody else who's going to be resting or playing with teammates who are not the usual starters. STE will certainly um, play. He'll just get like six carries. Yeah, he just won't be given the ball. <laughs> Abs- certainly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, for one, love playing talented Canadian players and then never giving them the ball. It's one of my favorite things to do. Just saying. Anyway, let that hate out a little bit. Um, I've got nothing else to say, though, uh, heading into the final week of the season, other than to reiterate for the umpteenth time how excited I am that we are here. Um, guys, any final notes before we head into what's going to be a pretty fun weekend uh, for the CFL and for the Boilo Boys? We are all reuniting. Yes, indeed. And it feels so good. It's going to be fun. Matt, you want to tell people what's big about this weekend? I got a little birthday coming up. How old are you going to be? I will be the big three zero. Thirty 30 years old for I've old Matty Boilo. So we're going to go to a brew pub, get a little sauced, maybe a little booger sugar. Who knows? Booger <laughs> sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I have to edit that part out. A little bit of mini golf. We got a little Psych. bit of mini golf. Yeah, we're going yeah. to have good family fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am uh, personally stoked to experience this final week of yeah. CFL football with my brothers. It's been a long time. 
three months since I've been back to good old Oregon. I know you'll be in town uh, Friday, so we'll be able to watch the uh, Montreal-Ottawa game. It's going to be perfect. The CFL is family. Depends on when we record. Yeah, we can record on... Uh, oh no, I won't be going downhill. I got my holidays mixed up. Forget it. We're else we'll talking about a Freudian slip. Who yeah. wants to be in Portland for Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> you guys got me for Christmas, so I know we are still. Do we? Oh yeah. Oh heck yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I'm so excited oh. for all of my family to be in town while I just work really hard <laughs> over the Christmas holiday. <laughs> It's going to be super, so super sweet. I am always working hard catching that bag. You are. Peter, but what do I do for a living? Uh, you work for a living. That's right. I'm a working man. Anyway, guys, that's, a, that's enough into our private lives. Um, as always, DM us at Sheps and Preds on Twitter for listener feedback. Uh, too many to get to this weekend, but you guys are sending in excellent questions. So keep it up. Uh, the email box is also full, uh, shupsandpreds at gmail.com. Uh, keep them coming. We love reading them, and eventually cool. we'll share them with you guys. Um, we actually did get an email to the Sheps and Pred, Preds email address. Really? Yes, we did. From who? Uh, so, uh, oh this my. is... Uh, all right, you ready for this one? So this is coming from... It's oh, loading God. up here. The uh, Google community team. They say, make your story a standout. Bring your business's story to life with YouTube. Start yes. a free YouTube channel. Use YouTube to connect with people who matter the most to your business. Create a... No, this is not a plug for our new YouTube channel because there ain't one. Well, but, it, um, but at least they, they think our something content you'd like, is good enough can... to go cross-platform. If people, if so you guys would like to see a YouTube channel, comment and tell us because we'll go to Zoom. <laughs> We'll go to Zoom, and we can record those things. Let us know. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that is it uh, for the episode. Uh, we will catch you all next week. Until then, enjoy the uh, CFL football, and I bid you adieu.